The last two years have been full of surprises in the Kingston music scene. New projects starting up, new albums dropping left and right, new festivals, and new ways of sharing shows. This is Kingston Live, and today we're sitting down with one of the biggest surprises in town this year. The story of 47 Teeth is not a straight line from point A to point B. The three core members were involved in the city's punk and alternative scene well before forming the band. Singer and guitarist Dee Prescott led I Hate Sally along with KPP trailblazer Mark Garnis. And drummer Jesse Aylesworth had backed bands with styles ranging from rock to funk to experimental. Upon joining forces with singer-guitarist and longtime friend Anna Robertson and then-bassist Joe Harvey, 47 Teeth was born, bringing 90s Riot girl punk energy and 2000s pop-punk flavor with a fiery six-track EP in 2016. But as soon as they came into the scene, they vanished. On occasion, a post or an update would pop up online hinting at a return. But for four years, the band went dark. That is, until just a few months ago. Seemingly as quickly as they disappeared, 47 Teeth returned, this time as a trio between Prescott, Robertson, and Aylesworth, and with new music in hand. Their new 16-track debut album, Apologies, sees the band rejuvenated, riding the pop-punk revival without missing a single step over the course of their hiatus. In a Kingston Live first, the full band joins us for a performance and discussion at Roswell Rehearsals.
Hell yeah! I feel like this is the livest Kingston Live has ever been. We're really living up to our name here. Ooh. Live from the floor with 47 Teeth. Welcome! Hi! Hi! Uh, I guess we can introduce ourselves to begin with, in any order we want. Sure. I'm Anna. I'm Dee. Welcome to Kingston Live, and uh, welcome back, in a sense, as well, because 47 Teeth has been kind of missing from the uh, Kingston music scene for a while now. And there's been a hiatus, but also, true or false, you guys kind of relocated for a little while as well. We did, yeah. We lived in Toronto for about a year. Back here. (laughs) (laughs) And Kingston just, like, sucks you back in. You know, you, like, leave, and then you're like, oh, I gotta get to Kingston. But, um, yeah, and then we just took a little break after that. I think we all, we tried to kind of play this, like, music industry game, and then we realized that's not for us. Am I, that's right? Yeah, you're just nodding. This is podcast. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yes, I very much agree. <laughs> And that's something that's kind of not really new to what we've heard from artists is the music industry game is so different in Toronto versus a city like Kingston where you can just kind of be, I don't want to say be who you want to be. That sounds a little bit too much like a motivational bumper sticker or something, but be the the band that you feel like you most uh, accurately want to be. Uh, what kind of differences did you find in the Toronto music scene versus Kingston's? Um, well, we got a manager, so I think some of, like, the life that we had in Kingston was us, like, DIYing it all, and so, um, like, passing that off, like, took some of the steam away from our motivation, and then, um, I think it was, like, the reality of the little, like, tours that were being proposed to us, like, playing Windsor on a Sunday night and then driving home and working a nine-to-five on Monday, like, just (laughs) didn't entirely appeal, (laughs) Totally understandable. You touched on DIY for a second there. This is a question I've always wanted to ask you. In the early days of 47 Teeth, is it true that your some of your first t-shirts were thrift store finds that you just DIY'd with 47 Teeth stencils? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. We would go to like the thrift store and find whatever shirt uh, didn't have a logo on it and buy it. Like I think we, we spent so much money, kind of, but not really, but just like loading up our cart at Value Village. And then, yeah, we made a stencil and just made them ourselves. Brilliant. And I feel like it's become like a weirdly Kingston iconic thing in the music scene. Like if you were in the Kingston music scene, if you were a Kingston music fan at a very certain moment in time, you have that shirt. And they've <laughs> held up startlingly well. That's great. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> what did you use to put the paint on those shirts? Honestly, it was just some stuff I got at Fabricland, I think, or Michaels or something. <laughs> Fabric paint. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So let's kind of go through the the timeline of uh, the last few years for you guys, because you had left Kingston for a little while. You were in Toronto. You went through some seemingly name changes for a little while. Uh, Greasehead was floated. No guff. You came back to forty seven teeth. Uh, what was going on during that that whole timeline? You really dug up all the dirt. <laughs> Dude, I've been sitting on these questions for years. I've been waiting for this. So when we when we left Toronto and we all moved back, um, I think we all realized that we still really like playing with each other. That sounded so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but we we did, so we were kinda like, Oh, like we'll be called Greasehead. And then we never jammed. And then <laughs> we're like, We'll be no guff. And we actually like put out a single and tried the name and then we recorded the record in the fall 
it was like listening to it and it was like this is a 47 teeth record so let's go back and yeah we, did. we we were a four piece and then we moved to a three piece so i thought that like we couldn't be the same band because we couldn't play the same songs in the same way and then we realized like ah oh, screw it <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we heard a song off the top. Uh, can we throw to another one right now? Sure. Yeah. What do you guys want to play? I think we're going to play Cutie. Hell yeah. Take it away. In the uh, first half, just before you played, we were kind of talking about the history of 47 Teeth. Let's talk about the now for you guys. You just put out your latest record, Apologies, uh, I guess a little over a month ago. How did that kind of come to be? It sort of seemed like a surprise to all your fans that, hey, there's a new 47 Teeth record. Holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, we just spent the whole um, pandemic writing stuff with no real agenda. And then we wanted to have it for ourselves for posterity because we just liked the songs and then it ended up being like going down to Jesse's dad's 
studio in their basement and being like, hey, we have 16, 17 songs to record. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. And we just gave ourselves like three takes max. Um, we just wanted them down and didn't want to strive for perfection or anything. And then um, we just wanted to share it. Yeah. I don't know. Any, anything to add? <laughs> yeah. No, you said it all. You aced that question. <laughs> Thanks. Perfect. Well, you touched on the pandemic. I'm just going to ask this without any context. How do we feel about the pandemic? Yay or nay? It's made me like really anxious. I'm like a socially awkward person now. I'm like, oh, there's people like I don't know what to say and I don't know how to act around people now. That's personally, but I don't know. I miss friends. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I've forgotten how to interact with human beings for so long. But I've heard from so many uh, musicians and people in the just any form of arts where the last couple of years they've had a little bit more uh, introspective time, just time to, like, sit down and, and play with their art and uh, try to perfect it. I'm trying to avoid the phrase play with themselves. Now you put that in my yes, head. Now you see it and it's there. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was curious about this new record coming out almost two years to the day since the pandemic really came off if that really played into the the creation of these songs definitely um i think we didn't have much to say really because there was not much going on so we went into our past and that's kind of where this whole theme from the record came from fantastic i also love that the album art for the new album is a version of a photo for, of the two of you from what 20 years ago 20 something years like that ago. <laughs> That is amazing. Was that uh, an accidental find or was that something you set out and you're like, okay, this has to be the the record cover? Um, no, it's kind of accidental. Like you you found it somewhere, like stumbled upon it and we're like, "Oh, should we use it?" And then like a good friend of mine who actually did our previous album art and t-shirts, uh, Vicky Norino, I I sent it to her and I was like, "What can you do with this?" And she sent us back like a couple options, and I think we're all like that one. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one because it was like you know the face is distorted and all this stuff, and it just made me think of like how memories distort and how we remember them differently and kind of yeah in pieces. That's really well said too. That's yeah, memories are always you're not sure if you're remembering it correctly or if it's just a, a imagination thing that's kind of coming out of there. Yeah. Uh, in the first half of this podcast, when uh, Rob was talking to uh, Anita from from Roswell Rehearsals, she was talking about how this is such a great recording space for people who just need space, people who can't record at home, who can't practice at home, who uh, have kids kicking around. And since the last 47 Teeth record, you have had a kid. You've got another one on the way. Anna, how has that yep. uh, changed the, the everything, I guess? <laughs> it's changed everything, yeah. <laughs> Um, we just try and jam when we can, and I think for the first, like, uh, six months of my daughter's life was, like, the first six months of the pandemic, so we didn't even see our parents, really. We, we didn't get a chance to play music, so when we started jamming again, I think that's why all of this just, like, burst out from us, because we were so in need. Yeah, we've been holding it all in. Fantastic. Right on. You've been gestating the music, we could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 
Uh, what are some of your uh, influences or bands that maybe you've even discovered during the pandemic? Because I've noticed over the last few years, there's been a number of bands that remind me in ways of 47 Teeth that have kind of started to blow up and get bigger on the scene. Bands like uh, Charlie Bliss or Sincere Engineer or Illuminati Hotties. I might even I don't even know if I'm going down the right uh, pathway if you guys don't consider those bands similar to your own sound. But uh, what are you guys listening to these days? What are you listening to? I guess a lot of nothing. Um, I actually, I have one band. They're called Dogleg. I don't really know much about them, but they're actually pretty good. It's like one of those albums that I've put on like more than once, which is good because I think a lot of the times I, I cycle through music really quickly. I'll find an album and I'll be like, oh, this is like so good. I love it. I'll forget what it's called <laughs> and like never try to figure it out. So like Dogleg has been one of those bands that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll keep listening. Yeah, I feel like my music taste is really varied. I, I really like this band Golfer from Montreal. Um, and I feel like I don't listen to a lot of music these days that like resembles us all that much. Um, I really like uh, Eider. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like pop stuff. What's all the children's music you've been listening to? Oh, God, to? <laughs> seriously. If you, it's just been blippy on repeat forever ad nauseum. That's why. I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> I could sing you the dinosaur song for days. <laughs> well, dinosaur song or not, do you have one more in you? We yeah. do. Awesome. Lay it on us. Are you in D? D? I am in, I am in D. Awesome.
That was killer. Thank you. Thanks. I realized during that performance with these like cameras moving around on the ground, they like kind of look like and sound like droids from Star Wars. Oh, and it made me feel like this is the closest time I ever get to like interviewing the Cantina band from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a storied history with uh, Roswell rehearsals as a space that you were one of the, the first acts here. And uh, you're also part of the huge Roswell rehearsals compilation album, the Roswell Effect, to uh, benefit this space. Do you want to talk about how this has influenced your career and everything that's happened here for you guys? Sure. Well, honestly, like Roswell have just been like huge music supporters in general. They were our, our first fans <laughs> when we started. Um, but honestly, there was just a huge need in Kingston. There was nowhere to jam. There was like some really crappy place on Rito that you had to watch where you stepped or else you'd fall to the ceiling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, it, yeah, it filled a need and they're just really positive people and love music, so... Yeah, we started out, like, I don't even know where we were jamming beforehand that we even came here. I think we were at Jesse's dad's. Really? Like, we did, like, two or three jams there, and then... Oh, yeah, the first couple... I got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love any story that goes the first couple, and then you trail off. There's got to be something that happened there. That's where the boot came in. Yes, it's true. There was... There was uh, this is a stupid story. Um, there was, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Roswell. <laughs> there was a random boot that somehow followed us down to the jam space, and... <laughs> decided to make it our, our mascot. <laughs> that's, so that's why it says PTB on Anna's guitar. <laughs> Praise the boot. Praise the boot. I was trying to figure out. I could figure the, the boot, but uh, the P. Oh, but back to, back to Ron. <laughs> um, when Anita asked if we wanted to, you know, throw a track into the compilation, it was like, of course, like they've done so much for us in terms of doing sound, borrowing gear, like, yeah. they've always been there. Um, yeah, and, like, they're great. We signed the wall. I drew a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> and you were the first band to sign the wall. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think I'm going to take that yeah. claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we were. <laughs> Trendsetters. Amazing. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and doing this with us today. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. And a huge thank you to Roswell Rehearsals for this uh, fantastic space, for making this feel like audio tree. This is uh, the coolest thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Roswell. Support Roswell, everybody. (laughs) This has been Kingston Live, recorded at the virtual performance space at Roswell Rehearsals, hosted by Riley Jabor, voiceover by John Sanfilippo, writing and research by Peter Sanfilippo, technical production by John Sanfilippo and Trevor and Anita Johnson, Promotional photos by Virginia Meeks. Executive producer, Rob Howard. Kingston Live is a member of the Canadian Live Music Association. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at kingstonlive.ca.